Good morning, Blurs fans. Welcome into another episode of Podcast 63 and another special and one episode. Well, we control our destiny once again. A win and we're in. A win and we get first place in Arch Madness to go right along with that regular season back-to-back title. But who do we play? The Bradley Braves. I'll break down why I think not only can we beat the Bradley Braves, but beat them down hard. Thanks, and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63. This is what it's all about. I mean, what more could you want? If I told you guys at the beginning of the season, we had a shot. A one-game scenario where if we win at home on senior night, we get to not only win the regular season title, but and be the number one seed in Arch Madness. Wouldn't you take it? I mean, I would. I mean, just with all the unknowns of what we had and to begin the season, I mean, who knew we, we had so many options last year and then now we're down to, you know, pretty much four returning key players where we had seven or eight last season. Wouldn't you take a one-game scenario in which we have two senior leaders leading our pack against an away team at our home court for all the, all the marbles? I mean, I, I would, and, and that's exactly what we have. We have a one-game scenario where we win and we get in. We win and we're, we win the regular season championship, and we also um, would be rewarded with the number one seed in Arch Madness. And if we lose, our destiny is not in our hands anymore. We've had these scenarios before, We've talked about it on here on Podcast 63 previously about, you know, having our own destiny in our own hands, and now we have it again. A win at home on senior night, and nothing else really matters. You know, we've done it. We did what we set out to do this season, which is win the regular season title and secure a number one seed. So that's what we have. So um, enough of the enough of the pomp and circumstance. Let's uh, Let's break down a little bit here. So... Last time out, these two teams met only five games ago, which for me, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like a long time ago, but really five games ago. Um, it was at Bradley. Uh, we went into that game with a lead at halftime, and we squandered it. Um, we ended up losing that game 61-54. to Had some nice games from Towns and Krautwig. Towns had 15. Krautwig had a double-double, uh, 13 and 11. Um, but really what... What went wrong that game, um, and we didn't shoot very well, and I'll talk about that too, but we our defense broke down. Uh, we let Darrell Brown, who is a very talented player, so not trying to take anything away from him, we let him score 21 points. Um, I guess the thing I'm more upset about would be their starting big man, Luke Van Bree, who is not very good. Um, I, I don't really know how else to put it. Um He's he's not that talented. I mean, he's he's a filler player for them, um, and he secured a double double for them. He had eleven points and ten rebounds, and and that just that cannot happen. Um, that cannot happen again. We can't let um, one of their lesser known players to have eleven points and ten rebounds. Um, you know, they have two really talented players on this team: Darrell Brown, as I mentioned before, and Elijah Childs. Both of those guys are leading the team in minutes played and points per game. Um, Childs is averaging eight rebounds a game. 
and um, they're two very, very impressive players. But what we can't let happen is getting beat by these, um, I don't know, other players. Uh, we cannot get beaten by some of their guys who um, who are able to be stopped. Um, and I think that we now have the pieces with Lucas back and looking great, and I'll get into that later. Believe me, I want to. Um, we do have the pieces on defense now to either stop um, one player, so maybe stop Darrell Brown, or focus our energy on stopping everyone else. Um, so that's just, uh, we cannot let a, uh, ben, or a, uh, a lesser-known player like Luke Van Brie have a double-double. Um, but, I mean, some things we did do well in that game. Um, we did win the turnover battle. Uh, we created 14 and only had 13 ourselves which is good. Um, we also uh, were, we had the lead at halftime. We were up by four, but we let them score 39 points in that second half. And that's really what did it in for our own team. Um, we didn't win the rebound battle, which is something we need to focus on. And we only had nine assists the whole game on uh, 22 made shots. So some things were good. Some things were not so good. Um, and that game, unfortunately we did drop. Um, but close games like that often do go in favor of the home team. Um, that's, you know, that's why you have a home court advantage. So, so that's, that was last time, right? Different team this time. Not only are the rotations different, um, but we now have our, one of our star players, Lucas Williamson back, not only just back, but he's looking great. I mean, I know it's been one game, so small sample size, whatever you want to say. But he looked ready, able, and willing to do whatever. I mean, he had a very impressive stat line the last time out, 12 points, uh, four steals, and um, four rebounds, I believe. Um, and he he looked great. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. And him, having him back is such a huge piece for this team that um, – just ha- even if they would have lost last game, having him back and looking healthy made me super confident that this team can win Arch Madness and win this game, more importantly. So um, this time out, um, some, some things I'm looking, looking at, looking forward to, some numbers I want to throw at you. Um, so Loyola is not only the best field goal shooting team in our conference, but they are as well still the number one um, three-point field goal percentage team in our conference. On the flip side, Bradley's defense is the best at, um, at limiting that. So they have the um, best defense at preventing field goal percentage and three-point field goal percentage. Um, so it's going to be an interesting battle. And it's, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it is definitely going to be a slight edge for the home team in, in this battle. And Loyola, um, having the crowd on our side, um, it only helps to fire up the players when they make a huge shot or, um, you know, have a quiet gym to make the free throws or uh, cheering when, you know, uh, at the appropriate times, like I know our crowd does. So I do see a slight advantage for the home team in, in this battle, but it's not, Bradley's not going to give us anything. They're not going to give us this game. Bradley is a very talented team. Um, they're quite like our own. Um, they play great defense. Their defense is actually slightly rated slightly better than us on a few different um, uh, analytic metric websites. Um, but their offense is not as talented as ours. 
So they're very, they're like similar in style. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that they're not going to give us this game. We Loyola has to go out and take it and earn it and win it because they don't turn the ball over a whole lot. They don't allow many easy shots. They block a lot of shots around the rim and they have talented players. So Loyola needs to go out and attack, attack, attack and win this game. They, they need to go out and be aggressive. So last time out, as I mentioned before, um, the turnover battle was something that I thought was pretty important um, and also one that Loyola won by a slim margin, but they did. So one of my keys to this game is going to be for Loyola to continue to force turnovers. Um, they forced 14 last time. I think in this game they need to have at least four more than Bradley does. So I'm looking for them to have a positive turnover margin by four. So whether that's Loyola creating 14 and Bradley only creating 10 or 15 and 11, whatever, you get the point. Um, it's going to be very important for this team to create turnovers. And as we saw last game out against Northern Iowa, there is a new return player that is creating turnovers, and that is Lucas Williamson. He's standing, he's getting his arms out in passing lanes. He's being very active on the ball. He is um, going out and, and making the smart defensive plays while also still playing fantastic on-ball defense. I mean, this defense is truly a different, um, it, it is truly different with Lucas Williamson in the lineup. We th- we knew the defense was very good, and 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 that's evident by having the best, uh, the fewest points allowed in the Missouri Valley Conference. But this is a whole new beast with Lucas Williamson. With a healthy Lucas Williamson, this defense is tops in in college basketball. I mean, we'll see. You know, we're going to see this time out, and and you know, in arch into arch madness as well. But I just see this defense being vicious, vicious, and and um, smart and lengthy, and it's different. It's it's different when you have um, a guy like Lucas Williamson in the lineup versus a Cooper Kyphus or a Bruno Skogna. Um, those guys aren't as talented, nearly as talented, as Lucas Williamson is on defense. So I do think that it's very possible for Loyola to, to create many, many turnovers um, and also while also still playing that lockdown defense that we know. So it's going to be very key for Loyola to force turnovers, and um, I think they can do it with Lucas Williamson back in the lineup. The next point is um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how Loyola responds after a not-so-great shooting performance last time out against Bradley. So he shot 44% from the field, which is not awful, um, only 25% from three, and the most important statistic, I think, from this game, this past game, is that they shot 45% from the free throw line. Now, they only got to the free throw line 11 times, but they were 5 for 11. And this, those six points are so key and so important. And in a close game, like I'm anticipating, or it might happen, free throws are so important. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Krutwig had a poor free throw shooting performance against you and I. Marcus missed a couple. Lucas missed a very important one at the end of the game. So it's going to be key to see who's going to step up and make those free throws. Maybe it's the seniors on senior night. Maybe it's Marcus and Clay. But someone needs to step up and continue to or to start to make free throws. We cannot shoot 45% from the line and anticipate winning a close 
conference game where every single point matters. So that's something that I'm looking um, looking at for this game um, to be very important. Also, just continuing to see how our lineup evolves. I mean, it seemed like midway through conference season we had a very um, controlled and structured way of doing things. Um, but then uh, Porter mixed it up a little bit and getting Christian some minutes, getting Isaiah some minutes, and Cooper maybe plays a little less, and Frank is sometimes not playing. So now with Lucas back, it did seem – um, last time out, that those minutes that the guys were getting are going to be about consistent, maybe, with with the rest of the season. I, I think Lucas was probably on some sort of minutes limit-ish. Like, I, I don't think Porter wanted to play him 40 minutes in that game, but um, he did he did get his fair share. Luke, I mean, Lucas played 29 minutes. Um, but I think that... Um, the minutes are going to be are going to be key to seeing how Loyola attacks the rest of their season. Uh, last time out, Marcus and Clay, of course, led the way. Marcus played thirty seven. Clay played thirty six. Crotwig played thirty two. Williamson twenty nine. Oguak twenty eight. And then um, the only other guys who got a lot of minutes were Cooper and Bruno, who both played sixteen. So I do think um, that is going to be how they're going to stick with it. Uh, obviously, Christian and Frank are going to spell Crutwig a little bit, but I also thought it was very interesting for a couple minutes towards the end of that game, uh, Porter went to a small lineup where Uguak was the biggest guy on the court for Loyola. Um, and again, some of these smaller, quicker teams, that might be something to look at. I, I um, It didn't really work out in the two or three minutes that um, that Porter Porter decided to do that, but I, I think it's worth a shot at some times when you need to have the best defensive unit on the floor, um, the guys that can switch all the time, and now that's something you can play with with Williamson back in the lineup. You can go with a lineup of our you know two senior guards, Custer and Towns, Williamson, Uguak, and then fill in one other guy. Maybe it's Cooper, maybe it's Bruno, um, maybe it's Isaiah. But you could do a very quick um, lineup in which everyone can switch around on defense, which can be very helpful and very disruptive uh, as a defense. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how Loyola's lineups are against Bradley, who does have a very talented big man in Elijah Childs. Um, so, so yeah, it's, um, it's going to be a, a good battle, I'd imagine. Um, I'm hoping that... It's not as nerve wracking as some of these previous games. I would love to see, I would love to see our guys just really go out there, play hard, and, and win by you know more than ten points, twelve, fifteen, something like that, and and um, and continue this little win streak. I mean, we've only won the one in a row at, at Northern Iowa, you know, the other day, but that was a very it, it needed to happen. They needed to win that game, and the way they won it, um, although it might not have been the most impressive way to win a ball game. They won, and that's what Porter keeps saying. There's a million and one, a million and two ways to win a basketball game. And um, that sort of win can energize a team, uh, especially when you get you know one of your top guys back in Lucas Williamson, um, can really energize a team to go on a streak. Um, and I know we've talked in this podcast before, and we'll get into this more the next podcast, but 
with Williamson back, we've we know Marcus and Cam are going to have impressive games. And you know, Marcus had one game in conference that he really didn't perform well. But we've talked so much about having a third guy, and that's what this team needs in order to win basketball games. And we've hoped it would be Custer, and it's not happening. I don't know how else to put it. It's not happening. Custer is not that third guy this season. And now that Williamson is back, maybe he's that third guy. Or maybe he takes pressure off Custer just enough where Clay feels more comfortable that he doesn't have to be that third guy. And he goes out and he puts up 12 or 14 or 15. So there's just a little bit more flexibility this team has now where one guy can have an off night, be it you know Clay or Lucas or Marcus or Cam. And if the other three perform they're most likely going to win the basketball game. And that's what happened last time I got to Northern Iowa. Clay struggled big time. There's no other way to put it. But if one of your guys is struggling, you can still have a third guy to come out and perform well. And that's hopefully what's going to happen now that Lucas is back, is it's going to afford one guy struggling and having that third guy come out and play well. Um, And we know Marcus and Cam are going to play well, and it's just a matter of who is that third guy. You know, it could be Clay now. It could be Lucas that he's back. It could be Bruno, who had a really nice game the last time out when they played Bradley. He had a few three-pointers. Or it could be Cooper, who, you know, just had a pretty nice game where he made two three-pointers and a nice baseline jump shot. And these are the type of games where, at home, everything's on the line. You're anticipating Marcus and Clay playing well, where someone else could step up. You know, Bradley's going to be keyed in on Cam, Marcus, and Clay especially Marcus and Clay, because everyone has this whole season, is trying to stop Clayton Custer. And everyone is focused on those guys, so hopefully and potentially someone else could step up. It could be Lucas, it could be um, Cooper, and it could be Bruno. You know, someone else, one of the other guys, needs to step up and have a good game. Because we know that you cannot win a basketball game when two players play well. So... Like I've mentioned before throughout this podcast, Bradley's not going to give us this game. We need to go out and take it. Someone needs to play well that isn't named Marcus uh, Marcus Towns or Cameron Crutwig, and um, we need to create turnovers, and that's what I think this game comes down to. So um, I've mentioned before, you guys all know, Haslametrics, great site. Any nerdy guys just like me, please go out and check it out. You won't regret it. But um, they, for this game, they predict a 62-57 to 57 victory for our Loyola Ramblers at home. Um, I, that sounds pretty realistic. I hope that it's not that close, just for my heart's sake. Um, I hope that it is over 10 points. So I'm going to predict a 67-57 to 57 victory. I'm going to predict, um, I'm going to say Marcus scores 18 uh, Cam scores 12, and I think the third guy for this game who's going to have a good game is Cooper Kyphus. And I think this game for him is going to be very reminiscent of the first home game that they had this season where he went out and he made, what, six threes or five threes. So I think Cooper is going to have a 17-point showing. That's my prediction. We'll see if it happens. Um but yeah, I'm going to predict a 67-57 to 57 win for Loyola Chicago. It will help them cut the nets down and have a back-to-back regular season championship team. Um, they will be the number one seed in Arch Madness if we win, 
and or sorry, Arch Madness. I might have said March Madness, but you know what? NCAA, give us a number one seed in March Madness. We deserve it. We have Sister Jean. No one else does. Give us that one seed. We won't let you down. Um, no, but in all seriousness, um, it's been an exciting season. Uh, it's been one of heartbreak and one of um, excitement from time to time. Um, thank you guys for, for tuning in to the podcast always. Uh, we enjoy making it. And um, even after the regular season, we're still going to have more content for you. Um, there will be game previews and great game breakdowns after before and after each um, Arch Madness game. I'm going to do my best. I know those Arch Madness games can get pretty crazy because they're back-to-back. Um, but there will be a podcast coming up this Monday um, to break down the games from this week with Lou. Uh, and then there will be a preview coming either Wednesday or Thursday, previewing the first matchup when in Arch Madness where we will either be a number one or number two seed. Um, and that will give you all the, the, the breakdown, the, we'll talk, I'll talk a lot about Arch Madness as a whole. Um, and then after that, um, I'm going to try my best to make a, uh, breakdown of the game before, and then a preview of the next game all in one podcast. Uh, so there'll probably be a lot of content. I'm going to try my best to keep up with it and, and y'all on Twitter, keep me to my word. Um, But yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, special edition episode of Podcast 63 and the And One episode. Um, This has been Buck. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Go Blairs.